0: Well, in Habakkuk chapter 2, in verse 3, it talks about, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end it shall speak and not lie. And though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come, it will not tarry. Say this with me, my vision vision. is coming coming to pass. The church's vision... Our vision, Our vision is coming to, coming to pass. So one thing that it takes on the inside of every one of us for this to happen is great perseverance and great endurance. Yeah. The definition of perseverance is the act of continuing on a course in spite of opposition, in spite of obstacles, and in spite of adversity. Some of the synonyms for perseverance are stick-to-itiveness, tenacity, steadfastness, fastness, not fatness, (laughs) endurance, and grit. So we all have dreams, we all have goals, we all have vision. But we know and understand that resistance and opposition comes. And when we don't see the kind of progress that we think should be happening oftentimes discouragement sets in and will be tempted to quit. I've got a word for you. Don't. Don't quit. Don't quit. And one of the greatest things that will help you to experience increase in spite of adversity is grit. (laughs) You know, many years ago there was a song called Too Legit to Quit. How many of you remember that? Some of you are going to be singing that on the way home. Well, replace legit with grit. And what I want to say to you is we've got way too much grit to quit. Look at your neighbor and say, too much grit, too much endurance to quit. You know why? Because you're not a quitter. You are a finisher and you're going to see the fullness of the plan of God come to pass in your life. A minister was asked many years ago, what is the greatest secret to your success? He said, I didn't quit. That's because quitters are never winners, but you're a bunch of winners. You are a bunch of more than conquerors. Hallelujah. And so you never quit. So I want to encourage you from the book of Galatians 6 verse 9. It says, and let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season, what will happen? We shall reap if we faint not. Now, if everything happened overnight, this would not be relevant. Stick with your vision. Now, the enemy will try to talk you out of your dream or your vision by showing you his vision. Oh, yeah. He's got a vision for your life. And He will show you a picture of failure. He will show you pictures of you're not enough. He even shows pictures of premature death. Pictures of lack. What those are, those are all images trying to capture your imagination. Because your imagination is a very powerful tool that God has given you. Your imagination is something that the Lord uses for you to see yourself the way he sees you. But these images that come from the enemy, what are we supposed to do with them? That's right. We're supposed to slap them down. He tells us casting down imaginations. I think it's interesting that the imaginations that are high things should not be entertained in our emotional and in our soul, but they are to be cast down. That's where the devil belongs, is under our feet. Casting down imaginations. Put them where they belong. Resist those images of quitting. Resist those images of giving up. Resist those images of defeat. Take the name of Jesus. Take the blood of Jesus. Take the word of God and put the devil on the run. And then let God's word paint a picture of victory on the inside of you. To the point and to the extent that you see yourself prospering. You see yourself walking in divine health. You see your children coming into the kingdom of God. You see your nation turning around. Words paint pictures. And the Holy Spirit is a divine artist. And he takes the oil of God's word and he paints a picture of our victory, of our healing, of our vision coming to pass on the canvas of our very heart. On the inside of you. This is where the word belongs. This is where vision must be held fast to. For it's true. What we continually behold as a way of life is what we will have it is what we will become in life. As you behold in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hello. Yeah, I said pepperoni. All right, about 300 for everybody. Okay. Hallelujah. Shh. Come on, just shout with me just a minute here. <laughs> It's all good. I I don't know whose phone that was, but it's all good. It's not an unpardonable sin. It is if it happens next week. What we behold is what we will become. So let the word of Christ dwell in you lavishly. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Richly and lavishly. You know what lavish is, don't you? Lavish is what you put on your baked potato. (laughs) Need I say any (laughs) more? So another really important principle of embracing vision and holding and maintaining to the vision that God has given you individually and us as a church is we all need to associate with others who are visionaries. And follow their life. Follow them who through faith and patience have inherited the promises. Now I love what Young's translation says, and I want you to read it with me, of Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 12. Ready, read. That you may not become slothful, but followers of those who through faith and patient endurance They're inheriting the promises. Associate with other visionaries. Associate with people that have inherited some things. Watch their lives. Read their books. Listen to their teachings. And if they don't have books and they don't have teachings, find out a person that you identify as a person that is an elder in the Lord that you can glean from, that you can learn from, and that you can gain great wisdom from. Pastor Tom, Pastor Nancy, there's several people right here in the church. Make sure that you associate with visionaries. You see, the Bible says, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise. He that associates with wise men shall be wise. And I believe it's the NLT says, if you want to get wisdom with the wise and become wise. Well, it's not the scripture I had, but the one I meant to say is, if you want to grow in wisdom, spend time with the wise. I have a little natural illustration about this. How many have ever heard of Henry Ford? Thank God for Henry Ford. Aren't you glad you didn't have to ride a horse into service today? But Henry Ford, he had a dream, didn't he? And his own father tried to talk him out of it. He didn't have any investors. He had this vision that everyone in America should own an automobile. But he didn't give up. And his dream and his vision changed transportation in America. And there's a book, I think it's called Uncommon Friends, about the relationship that he had with Thomas Edison, about the relationship that he had with Harvey Firestone. And what they did is down in Fort Myers, Florida, which is kind of a nice place to winter for snowbirds up in Minnesota. Florida is a great place. But down in Fort Myers, what they did is they bought houses close to each other. And they spent a lot of time together. How many of you know that iron, come on, iron sharpens iron? And they would throw out these dreams, they would throw out these ideas, and they would just share with one another. It is said that a reporter asked Thomas Edison, listen to this, who had experienced approximately 2,000 unsuccessful experiments on the incandescent light bulb. And the reporter asked him, What what did it feel like to fail so many times? Listen to this statement. This is a winning statement. I've never failed once. I simply found out 2,000 ways it didn't work. (laughs) And you are not a failure. Just because it hasn't worked yet, don't stop. Don't throw in the towel. Keep the garment of praise on. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Keep holding fast to the confession of your faith. I don't believe in failure. You know, if we miss it, if we stumble and we fall, we're going to fall forward. And then we're going to get up. We're going to get up. Just like Jesus got up. We're going to get up. Hallelujah. And so along the way, all of us are going to face setbacks, just like Edison did. All of us are going to face tests. But notice what the Word of God says. In Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35 and verse 36, it says, Cast not away. Cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. You'll never get to the reward if you fling away your fearless confidence. So if we're not going to cast away our confidence... We must hold fast to our confidence. And where does this confidence come from? This confidence comes from Jesus. This confidence comes from His Word. So we are going to get to the reward. Amen? Some of you have gotten multiplied rewards in your life, but God ain't finished with you yet. So if we're going to get to the reward, let us hold fast the confession of our faith. I like what the Amplified says. It says, For you have need of steadfast patience and endurance, so that you may perform and fully accomplish the will of God, and thus receive and carry away and enjoy to the full what is promised. That's the Amplified of Hebrews ten thirty six. Say, I have need of endurance that after I've done the will of God I'm going to receive I'm going to receive the promise that's why every day or at least on a regular basis you've filled out your vision list how many of you have? how many of you have it nearby? you should have it in a place where you can see it you know put it in your device put it in your iPad and every day see we released faith didn't we? Every day, just thank God. It's coming to pass. Thank you, Lord, for 50 new volunteers. Thank you, Lord, for 130 people being saved right here in this building this year. Thank you, Lord, for 1,500 people being saved on the street. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Whatever your vision is, hold fast to it. Water it with praise. Water it with worship. And find you a place in your house where you can run. Find you a place in your house where you can dance. Somebody said, are you serious? Yeah, Yeah, I'm serious. You know, dancing before the Lord and rejoicing, not just in church, is a powerful, powerful tool that we can use against the enemy. So rejoice in the Lord give God praise in advance that's what Abraham did Abraham was strong in faith and he stayed strong in faith before the completion of Isaac coming as the promised son he stayed in faith and remained strong in faith as he gave glory to God I want us to take about 10 seconds and let's just give glory to God because it's all coming together Glory to God. Glory to God. We give you thanks, Lord. We magnify you. Glory, glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo, amen. Amen. And remember now, when things start coming to pass, let us know. We want to tell it. We want to rejoice about it along with you. Amen. The message translation says this. Don't throw it all away now. You were sure of yourselves then. It's still a sure thing. But you need to stick it out. Staying with God's plan. So you'll be there for the promised completion. If we're ever going to fulfill his will. And finish our course. We must learn to endure. And in our culture, and this is not just in the younger generation, this is in the older generation as well, it's very, very true for the human race. In our culture, people this day know very little about sticking with anything. You know, it's quite amazing what all of us will endure when we have to when we want to and when we need to oh yeah we'll endure long lines for the latest blockbuster movie have you ever been to Palo Alto when the new iPhone comes out at the Apple store I mean people are so enthused about it that literally they camp out on University Avenue to be the first in line what about camping out for church? What about camping out and saying, I can hardly wait to get into the building? Amen. Amen. Concerts? Oh, yeah. They'll, they'll just, whew. They'll, they'll bed down outside the concert hall to see somebody demonically... Inspired, right. with tones and tunes that come from hell itself. Right. Come on. I I like to go to the concerts because I like to lose my mind. No, you better not lose your mind. You need all the mind you got. We could turn this into a holiness message right quick. It's amazing. What will endure? A bad flight. Brenda had a lousy flight yesterday on the way home. Bumpy, bumpy, bumpy. A cold shower. How many of you lost your power recently in your home? A few of you did. We endure. We endure. We even endure an outhouse when we have to. we need to apply the same endurance and commitment to Jesus, His kingdom, and the church that we apply to those other things in our life. See, the Apostle Paul had a heavenly vision. Man, he faced some difficult times. He was in a shipwreck. He was stoned. He was beaten with rods. He was in perils among false brethren. The care of all the churches came upon Paul, the Bible says, daily. There was a messenger of Satan sent to buffet him because of the abundance of revelations that he had, the thorn in the flesh. But Paul had a knowing on the inside of him that God had called him. Remember on the road to Damascus, he had a heavenly vision. Paul held fast to that vision. And he knew beyond any shadow of a doubt that he needed to go to Rome eventually to testify of the goodness of God and the grace of God. Amen. Paul got there. But while he was there, Paul was in prison. When we were in Rome, we went to the very place where he was imprisoned. It was a little little hole, little pit like a dungeon. He suffered great things for the advancement of the cause of Christ. But Paul had an attitude about him. I would rather say it this way. Paul had the spirit of faith. Paul had what he wrote to the church at Corinth. We also having the same spirit of faith we believe, therefore have we spoken. And in writing to his group of people before he was to head to Rome, he knew this is the very last time that he would see them. And he wrote something that is very powerful. It is found in Acts chapter 2 and it starts in verse 22. Here's what Paul said. He said, and now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem. In other words, the Holy Spirit had such a a call on him it's something that he couldn't get away from it's something that he didn't want to get away from he said i go bound in the spirit to jerusalem not knowing the things that shall befall me there except the holy ghost witnesses in every city saying that these bonds and afflictions abide me most people would have headed the other way But Paul didn't run from the trouble. He ran toward the trouble. And I want you to notice what his attitude was about this. The next thing he says, but none of these things, but none of these things, none of these things, they don't move me. I'm not moved by those things that I will face. I'm moved by what I know that I know that I know is right for me. He said, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear to myself that I may finish my course with what? Finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of Jesus to testify of the gospel and the grace of God. I believe this, that one of the things all of us need as Christians, we need to have a none of these things move me attitude. Look at your neighbor and say, none of these things. None of these things move me. I have the spirit of faith. I'm confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in me he's going to complete it he's going to fulfill it none of these things are moving me (laughs) now you can hold fast to that kind of attitude to that kind of spirit by speaking to those things that are trying to move you And move them. Instead of you being moved, how about this? Let's move them. Instead of us being moved by these things, what do you say? We take the mountain moving faith and speak to those things. Instead of talking about those things, instead of talking about how big the mountain is, instead of talking about how bad this is and how bad that is, let's take the word of faith and speak to the mountain and speak to those things and declare, Thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. Your mountains will move. You know how I know your mountains will move? Because mountains were made out of words. And God's given you faith-filled words so that you can move mountains. Say to me, I am. am. I'm a mountain mover. mover. Speak to the obstacles. Speak to the lack. Say it me, the money will come. come. Matter of fact, the money's coming. Say it again strong. "The The money will come. The vision vision shall shall be fulfilled. Now, how about this? Instead of talking about all these things that are happening in your body, turn the switch and start speaking to your body. Speak to your body. Say what God's word says about your body, even though you don't feel it yet. Call the things that be not as though they were. Call your body healed in the face of apparent pain. Call your body whole when you don't feel whole. Say, It is well with my kidneys, it is well with my knees. It is well with my ticker. Speak to your body. And then speak to your soul. Speak to your soul. David spoke to his soul. David said this. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? In other words, he was tempted to have a down day. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? But he moved from that place to a place of victory. And here's what he said. Hope thou in God. Hope thou in God. Soul, are you listening to me? Don't let your expectation drift. Soul, don't go down that road. Soul, hope thou in God. Have a conversation with your soul. Have a conversation with your mind. And declare, hope thou in God. And then he brought it another gear up. He said, for I will yet praise him. I will yet praise him. I will yet praise. In other words, he got his will involved to get, bring his soul up and out of the disquietness. Come on, somebody. He said, hope thou in God. For I'm going to praise him. So He is the health of my countenance. He is the glory. He is the lifter up of my head. And I'm not going to have any more down days. I'm not going to have any more disquieted days. I'm hoping in God. I'm praising Him. And He's changing my countenance. My countenance is being lit up. My countenance is being radiant for the glory of the Lord that's on the inside is risen upon me and it's affecting my mind it's giving me a peace that passes all understanding so I'm not going to speak about my soul I'm going to speak to my soul Woo! glory to God say with me it is well it is well with my soul Yeah, but you don't do this. You don't know that. You don't know what's going on in my finances. Well, along with speaking to your soul and declaring it as well, just say, it's well with my finances. It is well. Woo, glory to God. What shall we then say to these things? There's the very important part of our lives of speaking. What are we going to say to these things? Seems like something ought to be said to these things. One thing that you can say to those things, hey, if God before me, if God before me, what difference does it make who's against me? I prophesy and declare over your life today that God is for you. God is with you. And God is on the inside of you. Hallelujah. And no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. No evil is going to befall you. Neither shall any plague come nigh your dwelling. You are the head and not the tail. You are above. You are not beneath. You are the blessed coming in. You're the blessed going out. Glory to God. It is well. Woo! Glory to God. My, 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 my. Oh, Jesus, we worship you. Thank God for the weapons of our warfare. They're not carnal. They're not natural. Satan is unlimited in his warfare against us, but we are unlimited in our warfare against him. There's nothing fair about the name of Jesus. There's nothing fair about the blood of Jesus. There's nothing fair about the word of God. But you and I, We're part of that holy nation, that purchased possession. We're the rare kind, amen, Amen. who believe to the saving of our soul. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. Turn to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. I got this from my, my wife's notes. See, I steal her notes when she's out of town. That's one of the beautiful things be about being a husband and wife and being in ministry together. I have access to all her sermons. And sweet Brenda's going to preach next Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And the girl can shuck the corn. She said, like someone said, She said, it's not just about quitting that makes us win, but it is tapping into his supernatural ability that puts us over. See, this is a word and spirit church. We're not all word. We're not going to dry up. We're not all spirit and we're not going to blow up. But there's a beautiful combination between the Word of the Lord and the Spirit of God. And sobre que estabajando ridishe caparo neste we must have supernatural ability, supernatural strength, supernatural might to run our race and to finish our course. Here's one of the keys. Ephesians 6.10 and from the Amplified says this, in conclusion, don't get too happy, we're not quite done yet. In conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Be empowered. Now notice, through your union with Him. Do what we're practicing in this church. Practice the presence of God at home. Be empowered through your union with Him. Now listen, draw your strength from Him. That strength which His boundless might provides. The passion says, Now be supernaturally infused with strength through your life union with the Lord Jesus. Stand victorious with the force of His explosive power flowing in and through you. It's not in our own strength that we're strong in, but we are strong in the Lord. And we draw our strength from our fellowship. We draw our strength from our wonderful, vital union and communion with Him. There's an empowerment that comes from on high. The book of Acts calls, You shall be endued with power from on high. God will empower you with the power to endure. Say with me, He's enduing me with power from on high to endure. And here's what our answer should be on a regular basis especially when we feel like we can't make it and we can't do it. Philippians 4:13 I want you to read it with me real strong please. I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. So he infuses us with power from on high. Listen to these closing statements. If enthusiasm gets you going, persistence and perseverance will keep you going. Angela Duckworth said in her book on grit, she said this, Enthusiasm is common, endurance and grit is rare. And so it's vital that we understand that passion has to be maintained, it has to be sustained. May every one of us be strong finishers, as well as eager starters. And that's where endurance comes in. Folks, you got what it takes. You're made out of the right stuff. You've got what it takes to persevere. You've got what it takes to win. When I think of endurance, I think about Noah. Preaching a hundred years. No one believed him. But he kept building. When I think about Endurance, I think about Joseph. He endured the pit and the jail, but he made it to the palace. Nehemiah was mocked for even thinking he could rebuild the walls of Jerusalem, but by the grace of God, it got done. Paul endured all of his ins and outs. Moses endured Pharaoh and Egypt, and Jesus endured the cross. And that's who we look to who He is the author and finisher of our faith. He endured the cross, despising the shame, and He sat down at the right hand of God, and He did so because of the joy that was set before Him. You're that joy. He saw you in your generation, and He knew that you would get it, and that you would not be a wimpy baby, but you would endure. And you would fulfill the plan of God. So I close with just saying this. I'm encouraging every one of us. Keep fighting the good fight of faith. Hold fast to the confession of your faith. Keep your garment of praise on. Keep praying. You know, we don't just need starting prayer. We need some enduring prayer. Keep being faithful. Yeah, thank God for starting faithfulness. But how many of you know we need enduring faithfulness? Not only starting commitment, but we need enduring commitment. We must have the idea and the same spirit of faith that David had, that Paul had. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pastor Tom is going to come right now. Thank you, Lord. Let's just lift our hands right now. Glory to God. In 1968, while competing in a marathon in Mexico City in the Olympics, John Aquari he fell and he wounded his knee. And he just dislocated a shoulder and a knee. However, after hours and hours, before, after everyone was already done with the marathon, he limped across the finish line. There were just a few thousand people left in the stadium that day. And as he crossed that finish line, they cheered vigorously. A television crew went out to interview him and to ask him, what in the world were you doing? Why did you continue to run? Why did you continue to finish the race? And he said this, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles To finish the race. And God didn't send His Son for us to start the race. Come on, stand up everybody. God did not send His Son for us to start the race, but He sent Jesus so that we can finish the race. Are there any finishers in the house today? Are there any people that are going to endure and cross the finish line? Hallelujah. Somebody shout and say, I am a finisher. I will endure. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Amen.